you. Are you sitting there wishing you could get out of your current situation? Are you looking around you and wondering, what in the world is going on right now? Are you dreaming about coming home to a place that's not just a shelter, but that also feeds your family, teaches you, inspires you, and enriches everything you do? On this episode, we're going to dispel the myth that's holding you back and unlock the future that you've been dreaming of. I just spent the last three weeks with Butch Tyndall shooting an audiovisual about my three acres in the country, absorbing the wisdom he gained from four decades in the field of agriculture. Now I want to share it with you. Come with me as I take the long journey from city to country, from modern to timeless, from certainty to the unknown. I want to formally welcome you. I'm Joseph Clark, and this is the wilderness. So my issue is that I've got all this gumption. I'm ready to go. I can't wait to get this thing working. I have a grand vision, but I have almost no practical knowledge, and I certainly have two years gardening experience on a very small scale. And you're saying that I need a complete perspective change, and I don't disagree. I mean, I've tried to attack this thing a few different ways, and it's just been falling on my face. Well, it's helpful to get a walkthrough, because this is what we have to work with. And it helps us to understand what we would call the context. That's the framework within which we make our decisions. We all have context. I mean, my context is much of it historical. I base many of my decisions based upon my experience and what I've encountered historically. It frames your decisions. And the issue with goals is they're much more accomplishment-oriented. And what we want to look at with the land when we look at context is who are we? And so there's a difference between who we are and what we do. Does that make sense to you? Yes. I mean, Because that can throw us off. Then we become very goal-oriented and mission-oriented, and we lose focus of who we are and what we're doing. Our goals have to come out of our context. And so in this situation, who we are is going to determine what we do with this land. And so what is it that this is supposed to be? What are you supposed to be in terms of a family on that land? As Christians, that shapes, that determines who I am. And so consequently, many of my decisions are framed within that context. It determines what I do and what I don't do. We have those same things when we look at the land. So what is our context? And when we look at trying to determine what we're going to do on the land, one of the biggest impediments that we have is the way we think. We are shaped by, as I said, our historical background, our cultural background. And so what you mentioned that you have all this gumption, you're ready to go, and you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are shaped by a non-agricultural background. We don't think like farmers. Yes, okay? sir. We don't have that perspective. And I just look over the years at different things that people that have worked with, and I would say this is the number one impediment to people succeeding in homesteading. Mindset. The way they think. And we're shaped by a perspective in this culture that is not only goal-oriented, but it has an industrial mindset. We break things down into components. As an example, you know, people talk about Henry Ford and what he did. He revolutionized car making. And it wasn't that he didn't invent the car. I mean, he 
what he did, he brought the assembly line. Prior to that, all the cars are made in a shop, and one person might do many different things. And the assembly line was boom, 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 boom. So it's like when we build a chair in our woodworking shop, the men that make that chair, they make the whole chair, including the finishing of it. So they see the whole. We are shaped so much by these fractured, detached mindsets. And when we look at the land, when we look at God's creation, we have to have a perspective of the whole. It always brings us back to wholeness. I'm not the only one that's seen this, this difficulty, this mindset. When we're looking at things and trying to work on the land, one of the men that was the originator of the whole concept of permaculture, David Holmgren, has a statement, and I, I can't quote it verbatim, but he says something to the effect that modern culture in specific, media technologies have scrambled our pattern thinking, and it presents the greatest impediment to people being able to function on the land. And you mean that because in terms of, say, a video, you could only see the frame. Yeah. It's this very tight and necessarily fabricated view. Right. Well, you know, what we were looking at here with these pictures and stuff, I mean, this is helpful. But what I have to have, if I want to really get a context for making our decisions, I want to zoom out. I want to see the lay of the land. I want to see the patterns of how the water is moving across that whole area. It helps us to also see wind patterns. And we look at the broader, the climate. How is that all effect? So we have to zoom out. And then we zoom back in. We look at that. Well, we've got to get a perspective of the whole. And it's even our way of thinking. We bring this industrial mindset many times into working on the land. And I see this with people that say, well, I'm in my garden once a week. You know, we get out there on Saturdays and we work very hard in our garden. And that's wonderful. But that's looking at the garden as some kind of a component. The only way we're going to change the way we think and the way we can function in this biological world is by observation on a daily basis, being out there a part of it. Our ideas, our thoughts are all in reality part of the ecosystem. We have an impact, and it has an impact on us. And so if we're out there on a daily basis, we're daily working and weeding in the garden, we're daily milking the cow, we're daily feeding the chickens, and we're there. We become part of that ecosystem. We become part of that rhythm. It's part of who we are. And we see things, like in your garden, you'll see aphids beginning to reproduce before they get out of hand. You know, if you go a week, you wait till the next Saturday, they may have taken over your green beans. And being a part of God's creation and functioning in it on a daily basis, we begin to feel more whole. If we're there, I mean, it's better all the way around to spend 30 minutes a day rather than three hours once a week. We'll begin to be part of that rhythm. And when you're there on a daily basis, it brings us back to what really the core is here, and it allows us to care. And that's how we bring wholeness to this, you know, is we care. And so that's a critical component. But this mindset, we just don't think like farmers. It affects so many different things. I look at it just in terms of the way people thought a hundred years ago. And I've used this example many times about my great-grandfather, whose farm was just about three miles away from this place. And I've thought since, if I could go back and ask my great-grandfather questions, it would be interesting to know and see his perspective. And I've thought before, if I'd have asked him, you know, when do you plant corn? You know, we think 
in terms of these constructs, a calendar, okay? That's right where my mind just went. Yeah, a calendar is a construct, okay? It's something that we utilize, and it's very helpful. I use them, plant, you know, within this window and the calendar, you know, we do this, plant beans at this distance and this depth and all that. And so we think in terms of those constructs. But if I'd asked my grandfather, when you plant corn, he wouldn't have said, you know, this date or in this window. He may have said something like what a term that the old timers use is, well, we plant corn when the oak leaves are the size of squirrel's ears. <laughs> there is a completely different perspective. We're not taking that overlay, that construct, and applying it to the biological world. We're using the biological world, God's creation, to show us the patterns and to function within that. And our greatest impediment is what scrambled our brains, media technologies, the modern culture. How you function in that world is almost the opposite. You know, it's, it's an opposition to the way we function in God's creation. That is what I see at the very beginning when we look at, okay, what are we going to do with this land? Okay, we have to look at it from the perspective of the whole. What is it that you are desiring? What do you feel that it is supposed to be for your family? We call it quality of life. What is it that you want to see happen on this land? That shapes our decisions. You know, that determines. Many times it will determine things like some people we call it their context, is not as conducive to raising animals. I think about different people that I've worked with before that say, well, you know, I'm not sure that I could raise broilers because processing chickens is a little bit difficult for me. Emotionally? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, that's something that people in our culture, you know, harvesting an animal's death is something that is difficult for them. It's because that's not part of our culture. Mm -hmm. That was part of the everyday culture of people that had animals and, and were on the land. But there may be other things. Some people, like for instance, when my family was young and our, our children were small, we didn't have a milk cow. We had goats. Because a large animal would be difficult for, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds to handle. And it can be dangerous. And so we had goats. They were milk goats, and that was better for where we were at, for our context. As the children got bigger and we had a need for more milk, we got a milk cow. And so what you want to see this land be is going to shape your context. When I look at the process of making decisions, it goes back to a man from Australia called P.A. Yeomans, and he developed what's called the scale of permanence. And it's things like it starts with climate, then with land shapes or geography, but it goes through these different things from what is more fixed or more permanent to things that we can change. And towards the bottom of the list is soil. We can change soil. We have difficulty changing the climate. Okay? Because that's the most permanent. We're going to have to adapt to it. There's not much we're going to do about it. It's okay. Texas. It's Texas. We're not going to raise yaks there. We're not going to raise bananas there. You know, We're going to work within that context. But we think of it in terms of the biosphere climate. That's the way most people think. But there's also a climate that we work within in terms of our decisions and the way we think. And that's what Lisa, Darren Doherty's wife, she stated before that the climate of the mind is the hardest to change. 
But if we acknowledge it, if we realize it and begin to see, then we can begin to change that. We can begin to function. We can begin to be out there observing, being in God's creation, functioning within that, well, feeding the chickens, milking the cow, working in the garden. Over time, that begins to change. And I think what happens with us many times is something changes even within our own heart. And we begin to care for those animals. We begin to care for the land. And that's the key. That's the key for this to become what God intended for it to be and for your family to be is care, the application of care. And so we want to take that application and put it into making our decisions, what we're doing with the land. Care is a critical component. And that's not something that we just, I mean, we certainly decide to do it, but it comes about as we interact when you think about human relationships, who do we care for the most? Those we interact with the most. Those that we're with. Those that we have responsibility to husband, to shepherd, to take care of. And that brings in a whole other concept that we don't normally think about in terms of agriculture. We think about it in terms of pottery or woodworking or blacksmithing. And that's craftsmanship. We don't think about agricultural craftsmanship, but that's what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to participate with God in the crafting of a piece of land so that it can provide sustenance for our family. And there really is a craft to it. Just the same application of care, the application of time, the application of skill, the learning of all those things. It takes time. That's what we want to see happen here. So you're saying that the climate of Texas is not going to change, but the climate of my mind can change. change. And that only happens through a relationship built on love and and a form of receiving. And that's when you're saying about the perspective and the long-term goal of this land, it's to shape my family. We had a wounded lamb from your son's flock last year, and we nursed him back to health as a family. And it was transformative for us. It was such a simple thing. You learn to care. It pulls something out of you. And I feel like that's what happens to us on the land. And that's what I mean. It changes our perspective. And that process takes some time. And so this is where we spend a fair amount of time. If people can just see how much their own minds, their own perspective, our culture is an impediment to being able to function on the land and with the land, with God's creation. That's an important place to begin, is to understand this is our major impediment. People tell me why they can't homestead. Well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have a place. Those things can be overcome. Our biggest impediment is the way we think and being able to understand how we function in this biological world within God's creation. Something that Thomas Jefferson said, I am an old man, but yet a young gardener. The more a person learns, the more they realize there is to learn in God's creation. It's fascinating. It's ever-expanding in terms of what we see of what we don't know. It causes you to be more in awe of God, and that's the purpose. That's what God planted us in a garden. And that's why he wants us to be part of this whole beautiful creation and see his patterns. And so when we're working on the land, in order to be able to function, we've got to see his patterns. How did he design these things? Instead of taking our industrial, cultural, technological shape mentality and force this into those constructs, we've got to be able to see and function within his design and his patterns. 
So what I want to do, and, and you gotta tell me if even this is wrong, I wanna set up a list of my enemies, and I wanna create a flowchart to overcome each one step by step. Am I still fracturing even in yes. that? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, and we all do that. You know, we want to lay things out, and we want to chart it all out. And I think flow charts can be helpful. I use them. But I think the first thing is just begin to observe and begin to say, okay, what do you see? Because even that, okay, what you list is what you see as the impediments may not be. They may not be the highest priority. They may not be actually an impediment. There's, there's just some things to consider this is a process. We have to give ourselves to the process. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is part of that renewal, being plugged into the patterns of God and His design. And so when we see that, when we see these changes that are needed, we may start there. Go ahead and do that, but we've got to understand that I'm doing this, but I have to realize this is part of where I'm at, and I've got to be willing to change. I've got to be willing to do it according to the pattern and design of God. Could I ask a quick question? Sure. What you're talking about, I'm just maybe going back just half a step here, but I feel like it ties in. The whole thing about context and who you are versus what you do. So a lot of people, I think even a lot of us, are starting from a place where most of our life, who we are, is the job we work and a lot of the stuff that doesn't include agriculture at the moment. So kind of from that position, you're saying that that shift of perspective is the most important thing. Could you break it down to a little more detail? So for instance, someone spending primarily most of their time working their job and obviously doing stuff with their family, whatever, but it's not at the moment predominantly agriculture. So are you saying something like there can be a shift of mindset where you become a farmer and you're doing your job to support the bigger goal of becoming more agriculturally centered? And What are some of the baby steps? Because there may be even, for a lot of people, a period of maybe five, ten years where they're still working, they're still very much participating in the more fragmented, segmented part of culture and life that they have to for whatever reason, yet their mind is changing and becoming more centered agriculturally, and that's more what they do. Does that make sense? It does. And I think not all of us are going to be farmers. That's not going to be our primary occupation. But I think it is important for each of us to provide as much of our sustenance as we can within our context. Maybe we have a job, but we can have a kitchen garden. We could have a flock of chickens providing eggs for us. Maybe a milk goat, maybe not. Of course, a milk cow is a much bigger investment. But at least a garden and some chickens, that's a good place to start. And so the example that I used earlier that, you know, some people say, well, I live in an apartment and I work in town. I, I can't do it. You can do something that you can begin a compost thing in a bucket. When you begin to compost, you begin to understand that biological process. You begin to see things. That's a very tiny little step. Or some other simple little steps is just having that garden and spending time in that. That's going to begin to reframe your thinking. Just having that garden and spending time in it every single morning before you go to your job. Or, you know, tending your chickens. It brings in relationship. It brings in relationship with your family. So you go out there with your children and you're collecting eggs. You're feeding the chickens. Maybe they're just four years old right now. But you've got that relationship with them but you're also training them. And they're beginning to see things from that perspective. I didn't have that. I didn't have chickens growing up. I was raised in the suburb. Many of us were in that situation. And so we didn't have this early learning. And children are incredibly observant. They see things. My children have told me things about our animals, about our garden, 
things that I never saw because of their perspective. Many times my perspective is shaped by my mindset, my culture. They're raising it where there is a four-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, they're going out with you. They're working in the garden, working the chicken. So it's beginning to change. It's not just our individual mindsets that have to change. It's those around us, our families. And it's because this whole concept of a man on a tractor, and you see that in these big fields, one man, solo, you know, 1,500 acres plowing. That was not the way farming was done. You go back 150 years ago, it was a community endeavor. It brought us together. And so, you know, you may have a garden, but then you may work with other people in a larger sweet potato patch, or you may do wheat. The growing of wheat was not an individual family activity. When it came time to thresh, you had a threshing ring. Everybody functioned together. You ate together. You did things together. In Texas, they had what was called calf rings. You're raising beef. That's a really good animal to raise here in Texas. But one beef is a little bit much for a family, you know, <laughs> particularly in times before refrigeration. So what do you do? They would have calf rings. So they may have six, eight, ten ranchers that would say, okay, this week we're going to slaughter Joe's. Next week we're going to slaughter Bill's or the two weeks after that. And so you had fresh meat. It's an event. Everybody came together. You did things together. And so agriculture, literally a culture rooted in the land, brings us together. It brings us together not only as families, but as a community. And then we do things together. We function together. It's bringing wholeness. And that's, again, the perspective that we have to see, is that wholeness. To see this individual piece of property is not going to be your solo endeavor. It's going to be in the context of you as a part of a larger community. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the wilderness. If you're looking to find us online, our website is homesteadgeneralstore.com. Stay subscribed for future episodes. We're just getting started. Here's what's coming next week. We have a context from which we make our decisions. And and that determines what those decisions are going to, you know, how we're going to decide. Um, how we're going to discriminate, discern between this or that. But it's a determination of who we are. Okay, And then who we are determines what we do. Does that make sense? <laughs>